You can't drink all day, unless you start in the morning. It was 11 a.m. on a sunny June day, and I was sitting with a cold bud in a deep wicker chair on the back porch of my Uncle Harry's big Victorian house overlooking the Great Peconic Bay. The uniform of the day, every day, was shorts and t-shirt. My bare feet were propped on the porch rail, and on my lap were a pair of old binoculars and the New York Times crossword puzzle. I'd been chilling here for about three weeks, and as I'd said the last time I was borrowing Harry's summer house, the problem with doing nothing is not knowing when you're finished. I put my beer down on a side table next to my nine-millimeter clock. It was a cool day with a nice salty breeze coming off the water. I'm a city boy, but I can get used to nature in small doses. I focused my binox on a cabin cruiser out in the bay, a few hundred feet from shore. The boat was not running, but neither was it at anchor. It was drifting, and the incoming tide and wind were taking it toward the rocky beach at the end of the sloping lawn. No one was visible in the wheelhouse or on deck. Odd. I put the Glock on my lap. If they were coming for me, they'd probably come at night. But a surprise daytime attack was also possible. For all I knew, the hit team was already inside the empty house, in cell phone contact with the boat, which had fixed my position. My cell phone, unfortunately, was sitting on the kitchen counter, charging. My only escape would be to grab my gun, vault over the porch rail, and sprint across the lawn to the bay, then start swimming along the shoreline, where the water was too shallow for the cabin cruiser to get close. The hit team in my kitchen would not have anticipated my dash to the sea, and they'd be frantically trying to figure out what to do as they charged out of the house onto the porch and saw me swimming, then coming ashore and disappearing into the thick bulrushes. And then what? Make my way to safety? Or execute a flanking maneuver to come around their rear and take them out one by one? They wouldn't expect that. But they should know that John Corey does the unexpected. After the hit team were all dead on the back lawn, I'd flip the bird to their backup team on the boat, then go in the house and call the police in the town dump. Why the dump? Because, as we used to say in the NYPD, a single death is a tragedy. Multiple deaths are a sanitation problem. Clearly, I was going nuts. In fact, people often ask me, are you crazy? I was glad there was still some doubt. Anyway, as I said, I'm John Corey, former NYPD homicide detective. After I left the job on a line of duty three-quarter disability, the result of three bullet wounds, I took a job as a contract agent with the Federal Anti-Terrorist Task Force. I left the ATTF under unusual circumstances and landed another federal gig, this one with a diplomatic surveillance group, which terminated last month, also under unusual circumstances. I was also once an adjunct professor at JJC, John Jay College of Criminal Justice in Manhattan. Now I am NYU, New York unemployed. I put my Glock back on the side table, took a swig of beer, and glanced at the newspaper on my lap. Today was June 21st, the summer solstice and the longest day of the year. The sun was still in the eastern sky, and the migrating birds were mostly settled in as were the odd ducks from the city who had weekend homes around here. I noticed the cabin cruiser was now at anchor, and two couples were fishing. That's what assassins do before they strike. 
I'm not totally nuts, by the way, or unreasonably paranoid. I have acquired a number of enemies over the years, including my former FBI bosses in the ATTF, and also my former colleagues in the CIA. Most recently, I have pissed off my superiors in the diplomatic surveillance group. Going way back, I guess I also pissed off some of my NYPD bosses. But I didn't think any of those people actually wanted me dead. Well, maybe the CIA did. I know too much. <laughs>